This month, the theme uh, that we're working through for Church Unlimited on all the campuses is going to be prayer and fasting. And Pastor Pam is up in Kaitaia right now, and she's preaching up there, and Penny and I are going up at the end of the month. So, so uh, that will be absolutely fantastic. So prayer. I've entitled this message, A Beginner's Guide to Prayer. Uh, there is so much information on prayer. I don't know whether you've ever Googled it, but if you Google prayer, you'll find about 136 million web pages about prayer, uh, including 4 million videos on prayer, 4 million books on prayer, and 6 million new news articles all on prayer. I think it must be the most talked about and less done subject in the world. And as a pastor, I've learned a few things about prayer. I've learned, first of all, that we are wired to pray. Okay, God designed us to pray. Most people in the world pray. Buddhists pray, Hindus pray, Muslims pray, Jews pray, Christians pray. Even secular people, when they hit their thumb with a hammer, pray. Usually it's something like, oh, Jesus, something like that. But they don't know the power in the name that they're calling out. Um, now, who they pray to, what they pray to differs, but there is an internal desire in people to pray because we're all made in God's image and that means we have a desire to connect with God and the ability to be able to talk to God but we're not very good at prayer most people I've talked to feel inadequate about prayer I mean how many people here think that their prayer life is absolutely fantastic. And if we were giving out degrees, you would say, you are a PhD in prayer. Is there anyone like that here? No. No, no. All right. Some people are pointing to others saying, aren't you like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Last year, Saddleback Church in the United States, which is one of the largest churches in the United States, took a survey and they asked their people to write down the word that best describes how they feel about prayer. Think about it for yourself. What word would you best describe how you feel about prayer? Okay? And what the survey came back were things like frustrated. I feel inept. I feel awkward. I feel unsatisfied. I feel confused. I don't understand prayer. I don't understand how it works. It's a mystery. I want to be better. I need help. The fact is... I've never met anybody who thought that they were outstanding at prayer. Everybody knows that they could do better. Uh, this is just this is pretty common. Paul, the apostle, said in Romans 8:26, we don't even know what we should pray for now, nor how we should pray. Now, this is a guy who wrote half the New Testament, and he's saying we don't know what we should pray, and we don't know how to pray. Even Jesus' 12 disciples, the guys that Jesus handpicked to follow him, follow him for his entire ministry, they didn't know how to pray. They got to watch Jesus do everything he did while he was here on earth. Never once did the disciples say, Lord, teach us how to do miracles. Never once did they say, Lord, teach us how to teach and teach us how to preach. But they did say, Lord, teach us 
to pray. You see, watching the master, they knew that the key to the power behind his miracles and his teaching and his preaching was actually his prayer. The other thing I've learned about prayer is that our frustrations with prayer are most often caused by our misconceptions about prayer. So I want to just give you a few misconceptions this morning. First of all, prayer is not a magic wand. Okay? It's not a genie in the bottle where you have this little magical bottle called prayer and you rub it and all of a sudden God comes out and says, your wish is my command. All right? God is not your genie. God is not your servant. You are God's servant. Prayer is not some secret word, some secret incantation, some secret chant or spell that if you know the right words, abracadabra, you can say those special words and then you get your own way all the time. Prayer is not a magic wand. <clears throat> and also, it's not a fire extinguisher. There's a sign on the wall out there in the hall which says, in case of um, emergency, break the glass. Yet, a lot of people treat prayer like that. The only time they pray is when they're in pain or when there's an emergency. In fact, the terminology is often, all we can do now is pray. And people are saying like, has it come to that? Is it that bad that all we can do is pray? As if prayer is the sort of the last resort. When you've tried everything else, when nothing else works, oh, okay, maybe we should pray. It's interesting that uh, those of you who can remember back to 9-11, when the Twin Towers uh, were destroyed in New York, the day after, the churches in America were absolutely full. And they estimate that about 50% of Americans went to church the day after 9-11. And while that is good, because I, I can't imagine anything that would prompt half of New Zealanders to go to church to pray, uh, while that was good, it's not supposed to be like that. Now, that 50% aren't in church. Prayer is not meant to be a last resort in your life. It's meant to be your first choice. Before you buy that car, pray. Before you go looking for that job, pray. Before you sell your house, pray. Before you accept that date, pray. You should make it your first choice and not the last resort in every area of your life. See, prayer isn't a fire extinguisher. And also, prayer isn't a tug of war. Prayer is not a tug of war with God. A lot of people think that God doesn't really want to answer your prayers. He doesn't even want to listen. And that you have to wear God down until he finally gives in. You keep badgering him and pestering him and praying, God, God, please, 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 please. And then finally, he goes, oh, okay, 
okay, I'm sick of all this. All right, I'll give in. You can have it. It's like a tug of war with God. Well, that's not what God is like, and that's not what prayer is supposed to be like, and that's not what the Bible teaches us. God wants to answer your prayers. In fact, Jesus told a story about an unjust judge in Luke 18 to show us that God is not like the unjust judge. So what does the Bible say about prayer? Well, first of all, it says that God loves to talk to you, loves us to talk to him. God loves you to talk to him about anything. Diana, I suppose you were praying this morning, man, God, I really enjoyed the cricket yesterday. That was fantastic. Well, that was one of my prayers anyway. But it doesn't have to be something spiritual. It doesn't have to be something religious. It just has to be whatever I'm interested in. If you're interested in something, God's interested in it too because God loves you. The Bible calls God our Father who is in heaven. And parents are interested in what their kids are interested in. So when you come to God in prayer, if you're bored in prayer, it may be because you're talking about stuff to God that you think you ought to talk to him about, but what you're not interested in really. God is interested in what you are interested in. Psalm 103 verse 13 says, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who reverence him. God is in, intimately interested in everything you are interested in. Those of you who are parents, when you started having babies, did you wait until your kids could talk in order to start loving them? No, of course not. When we had our boys, I loved them from the moment they were born. Even when all they could do was jerk and poop and spit. I loved them. In fact, <clears throat> when, when our firstborn, Pete, was born, I thought he was the most beautiful baby in the world. And uh, we took photos of him, and I sent these, these photos into a, um, a baby photo competition and I couldn't believe that he didn't win <laughs> I, I just it was just and then when when Stephen was born uh, the same sort of thing and we started looking at the old photos and I looked at the photos that I sent into the baby competition and I, I thought man Pete looks like a drowned rat <laughs> he was so so unphotogenic it was just it was terrible but you know, that's something that God's placed in our hearts. You know, we love our kids because we are, because no matter what they're like, we love them because they're ours. They're, they're our kids. And God is the same. When they had no means of communication, we love them because we're their father. And whether they could talk or not, I had a deep, deep love for them. 1 John 5.14 says this, We can be confident approaching God knowing that he listens to us whenever we ask him for anything according to his will. And since we know that he hears us when we make our requests, then we can be sure that he will answer us. God 
always hears you. No matter how you say it, when you say it, how loud you say it, or if you think it is in your mind. You know, sometimes us Pentecostals only think God hears us when we're shouting at the top of our voice. But the reality is, when I think about stuff, God knows my thoughts. And I was praying before the service this morning. I was praying about aspects of the service. And some of the time I was just praying quietly in my mind, and I know God heard that. Because of that, we can have confidence in approaching God. We can be sure that he will answer. You see, prayer is a conversation. It's not a ceremony. It's about relationship. It's not ritual. Uh, What's a ceremony? It's something with a bunch of rules and restrictions and regulations that you have to do in a certain way or it doesn't work. Prayer is not a ceremony. Prayer is a conversation. It's a conversation, and so it means that you talk, but you also listen. Prayer is a two-way conversation. Uh, You can pray, God, is there anything that you want to say to me right now? And often, God will say, yeah, I just can't, couldn't get a word in edgewise. Stop. Be still. Be quiet. I want to talk to you. You know, sometimes I, when I read the word, the word of God just jumps up out of the pages at me as he quickens a particular passage, speaks it into my heart. And I know I need to spend time just mulling over what God is saying. You're open to whatever God wants to say to you. It's not a monologue. It's not a speech. It's not a poem. It's not an essay. It's talking and listening to God is a conversation. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and just say, talking with God is a conversation. <laughs> it's about getting closer to God. He loves to talk to you. He loves to listen to you talk to him. It's not a duty. It's a privilege. I get to talk to the creator of the universe, and he wants to listen. How how amazing, how amazing is that? Second thing that I see from the Bible is that God listens to prayers that are sincere and simple. You don't have to use flowery religious language. And... Just for you older ones, God doesn't speak in King James English. (laughs) He doesn't use these and thous and thys, okay? Jesus never spoke in King James English. In fact, if you wanted to be absolutely correct, Jesus spoke in Hebrew and Aramaic, okay? You don't have to sound spiritual. You just talk to God. Should come from your heart. Should be simple, should be real, should be honest. You pray about what you feel like praying about, or what you think, not what you think you should pray about. Sometimes the simplest prayer is the most powerful prayer. Longer is not stronger. Okay? Longer is not stronger. Now that's not to say that you can't you can't pray longer prayers. 
I'm not saying that. And different people pray in different, different ways. If ever you have had both Penny and I pray for you for healing, you'll notice that I will probably say something like, be healed in Jesus' name and walk to the next person. Whereas Penny will take time and just pray into it and, um, and soak in, in the presence of God. Both work. Okay. In fact, the first real prayer that I prayed was, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. That was it. Finished. And God answered me. Peter, when he was drowning, didn't say, Dear Lord, I thank thee that you art my heavenly father. <laughs> and no, he didn't. He just said, Jesus, save me. And Jesus stretched out his hand, pulled him up out of the water. In fact, there was a, Penny was telling me there was a lady in our church who for the past year had had a frozen shoulder uh, she couldn't move her shoulder her arm up like this she couldn't reach round ladies you'll know to do up her bra all right but she couldn't she couldn't do that she couldn't do anything and one of the ladies in our church came and prayed for her I think it was um two weeks ago and uh it was Siobhan and uh Siobhan just prayed she said she just prayed a really short prayer and now she has no pain. She has full movement in her arm. Healed miraculously through the power of God through a short, faithful prayer. You don't have to pray long. Longer is not stronger. God is much more interested in those kinds of prayers than long-winded ones. In Matthew 6, verse 5 through to 8, Jesus talks about prayer. It's the part of the Sermon on the Mount. And he says this, he says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners, to be seen by men. Okay, in other words, for them, prayer is a performance. They're not praying to God, they're just showing off. And Jesus goes on, he says, I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Instead, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, Pray to your Father who is unseen, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, he says, don't keep babbling on like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Longer is not stronger. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need even before you ask. It's not like you've got to convince God. He already knows what you need. I mean, when I want to buy a new phone, a uh, new phone, when I want to buy a new golf club, <laughs> I have to lay the groundwork when I'm approaching my wife. <laughs> all right? There's a series of things that have to be put in place, all right, before I dare even ask her, all right? And even then, I know, I know there's going to be some delays. I know that she's going to be wanting to fast and pray over this, even though we've got the money, etc. And, um, and I know also that if I spend $500 on golf, she's going to want to spend $500 on something else. So actually that golf club is going to cost me twice as much as actually what it's worth. God is not like that. All right? He knows. 
He knows what you need. All right? Just come to him as simply and honestly and as humbly as you can and talk about what you need. God likes to show his grace by answering prayer. Okay? God is such a good God. He's a good, good father. And we sing about that. He's a gracious father. I love that song because it just reflects the heart of God and our experience of God. And God loves to answer prayer because he gets to show what he's really like. Everything in the universe comes from the generosity of God. And no one is more generous than God. Over 20 times in the New Testament, we are commanded to ask. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. You have not because you ask not. If you ask anything in my name. Over 20 times. If you are a child of God, you're commanded to ask God for things. Why? Because God gets to show how good he is. He gets to show how gracious he is, how loving he is, how generous he is. And with every answer that God gives through your prayer, it shows that he's a good, good God. How many people have ever asked God for something and he has given it to you? Yeah, most of us. Most of us. And that's, that's our history. You don't get an answer yes to every prayer you pray. You know that from experience. But even when the answer is no, even when the answer is not yet, God is still a good, good father. Amen? Do you know any parent in the entire world that gives a child everything the child asks for? Did I hear a yes down there? <laughs> You're on, you've got problems. <laughs> She's saying no, no, no now. <clears throat> the reality is, of course not. And neither does God. God sees the beginning from the end. Uh, he always answers us, but he only gives us what's good. Uh, God says, Jeremiah 33, verse 3, Call to me and I will answer you. I will show you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. That's amazing. And especially for business people, uh, he, he gives you insight and he gives you ideas and he opens doors and he shows you things that other people don't see. He, he shows you the pitfalls before you actually walk into them. Matthew seven eleven, Jesus says, if you, being per imperfect and sinful parents, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? God wants to bless you because he loves you. And lastly, God wants to be close to you. If you're a long way from somebody that you love for a long, long time, you can't wait to talk to them. And God can't wait 
for you to talk to him. I remember when Peter first went to, um, went to Sydney, uh, once a week he would phone us back. Uh, and we would wait eagerly for his phone call because we wanted to know how he was getting on. This was the first time he'd left home. And it would be the first time that we were in contact with our, with our sons directly. And so we look forward to those phone calls. Well, God, he wants and he can't wait for you to talk to him. He's waiting to talk to you. And he's not busy. He's never offline. You can talk to him any moment of the day. Isaiah 30 verse 18 says, The Lord waits for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. The Bible is full of examples of people who had a close relationship with God. The Bible says Enoch had a close relationship with God. It says Noah had a close relationship with God. Job had a close relationship with, with God. The Bible says Hezekiah, who was a king, was closer to God than any king that ever lived. And God wants you to be close to him. And I think there's a, there's a verse in Hosea which is appropriate for each and every one of us. In that verse, God says, I don't want your sacrifices. I want your love. I don't want your offerings. I want you to know me. And that's a verse that you could put up on the toilet door or the fridge on a magnet and remind yourself daily, daily, daily that God wants our love and he wants us to know him. God wants you to learn to love him back. He wants you to be able to receive his love. He wants to just listen to you talk about what's interesting to you and he wants to have a friendship and a companionship and a relationship with you. Job said, in the prime of my life, God was my best friend. Let's have the musicians come, please. So how do you get closer to God? <coughs> You've got to desire it. You've got to desire to get closer to God. And you've got to make time to get close to God. That's the only way you're going to get closer to God, is spend time with him. Psalm 25 verse 14 says, Friendship with God is reserved for those who reverence him. Friendship with God is reserved for those who reverence him. With them, he shares the secrets of his covenant. God shares secrets with you when you make time for him that he doesn't share with everybody else. And that's friendship with God. James 4.8 says, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. That's a promise. The closer I am to God, the less stressed and more blessed I'll be. So I say, if you are stressed this morning, you need to get closer to God. Because in God's presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. There is peace which passes all our understanding in the presence 
in the presence of God. And in the presence of God is the power of God as well. As I said, you don't have to pray long, but you just need to stop, get yourself into a position of surrender. Say, God, I love you. Lord, I thank you that you are with me and I want to be guided and I want to be led by you. But right now, I just want to talk with you. Right now, God, I just want to sense your presence. I just want to know that you're near near to me. God, you know I'm having a few hassles and you know I'm worried about all these things. But God, I know that you've got them in in hand and Lord, please help me to trust you in these situations. It's just simple, conversational talking with someone who really, really loves you. So let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just want the people that are here to know you better. I want them to fall in love with you. I want them to know you the way I know you. Lord, I just ask that you take these words and touch people's hearts. Jesus' name. Amen.